I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In just a moment, we'll be speaking with Majority Whip uh, Senator Dan Hemmert, a Republican from Utah County. Uh, he yesterday introduced a, a piece of legislation in this special session of the Utah legislature. Uh, his bill creates the Public Health and Economic Emergency Commission. Uh, this commission will be put together to advise and make recommendations to the governor regarding the state's response to COVID-19. You heard earlier today, if you were listening, uh, just before 1230, Governor Gary Herbert did address folks uh, in a press conference. He talked about a a number of things, uh, one of them being, of course, the uh, reforming of the Utah Leads Together plan, introducing uh, Plan 2.0, talking about the initial steps that we may be taking from phasing out of the urgency phase and moving into stabilization He uh, reiterated that we're not quite there yet, uh, but that we, uh, early days of May, may start to see the reopening of things like uh, dining rooms and restaurants, uh, gymnasiums, and maybe the restarting of elective procedures at the various hospitals around uh, the state of Utah. That's very positive news, certainly for the gym owners, uh, the restaurateurs, and the medical professionals who participate in these elective procedures. Uh, But we are not there yet. Uh, Right now, the advice holds uh, that we ought to stay home, stay safe, and that's the way uh, we save lives. Uh, Joining us on the line, uh, Senator Hemmert, I'm grateful to the senator for joining us. Uh, sir, how are things on your end? Great. Um, things are going going fine. I mean, I, I'm a small business owner. That's been decimated. But um, health-wise, my family, my you know, my friends, employees, uh, coworkers, everyone I know, we're all healthy. So that's that's great. Would you mind talking to me for a moment about your business? What type of work are you in, and, and, and how has it been impacted? So I own a business called Red Hanger Cleaners. We're a dry cleaning company. We have 22 uh, dry cleaning locations. And in a, I say, relatively short seven-week period, we've seen an 80% revenue drop. And that's that's devastating. You can't cut costs that fast. Um, I mean, that's below our, our fixed cost uh, basis. And so uh, as a company, it's been pretty heartbreaking to watch. Um, and, and devastating to have to furlough, you know, friends and employees, which we've had to do. We've cut, you know, our, our, our payroll probably 60% over the past couple of weeks. And it's, it's been a real challenge, but we've, uh, been focused on what's in our control and what we can do and, and been working through it. So have you, have you personally been able to find relief through the CARES Act at all? So, yes, so we were able to apply for and receive a loan. Uh, we applied through Zion's Bank, and they were wonderful to work with uh, for us and, and got that loan funded last week. So we have some relief on the payroll side, um, but uh, we you know, are still trying to work through how do we spend it and how do we make sure it's forgiven. Um, but we are, we're, we're working through that. So we have some comfort that we can pay our employees, and we've started calling some people back. Um, it's been interesting. Some folks we've called back haven't wanted to come back because they're – uh, the unemployment benefits right now are, are pretty good. Um, 
But you know, we're 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 trying to get people back and get people working again. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, sorry to derail our chat there. I know you and I didn't uh, plan on chatting about your own personal business, but I'll tell you what, uh, I've been getting dressed for work each day, even though I am broadcasting from my guest bedroom. I've got a pile of uh, dry cleaning piling up in the corner of the closet. Uh, I'll swing by your place uh, when all this lets up, all right? <laughs> hey, we'd love, to, we'd love to clean it for you. T- tell, me about, uh, tell me about your piece of legislation. My understanding is that it's passed the, the House uh, third reading today. What are you up to? Correct. So uh, it's a bill that creates a commission to advise the governor on how we can better manage our response to the you know, COVID-19 epidemic. And it's a commission that has no power. It's been a, a, a misinformation that a lot of people have, have questioned about. It has no power, no authority, except it makes recommendations to the governor. Uh, doesn't usurp or, or modify the governor's power. He can he can adopt in all or part or none any of these recommendations and still go do whatever he wants otherwise. But it is a commission that's given a purpose and a task, and that task is to, in conjunction with the um, Utah Leads Together 2.0 plan that was announced today, uh, to have a more targeted uh, approach to our COVID-19 response where you can target a response to a demographic, say an at-risk population, right, or people over 70 or something. You could target it to a geographic area. Let's say, um, just I'm making this all up, but let's say sure. Rose Park is, is, is geographically has a lot of incidents. You could target it there. You could also target it to industries. Um, you know, say dry cleaning, for example. We find out we're spreading COVID-19 all over the place. We don't, just so you know, our, our process <laughs> sanitizes close. Sure. But just use that as an example. Um, uh, you know, you can target it that way, and, and by doing those things, you can have more of a, a, a sniper rifle approach versus a shotgun approach, which is what we've taken. And this is where Utah's great. You know, we're we're smart in Utah. We have these great tech companies that have stepped up in a huge way to um, help with help us respond to these uh, the, this situation and um, give us data. And we have you know more testing in Utah, or as much testing in Utah. I actually think it is more. Um, than any other state in the country, and, and we've just uh, tried to, you know, be smart about how we're addressing this, and, and we're starting to see a declining uh, rate of infection, and no one wants to be stupid, no one wants to uh, do anything rashly or knee-jerk-wise, but this commission's job is to say, okay, how can we, in a safe way, based on data that we have and that we're collecting, uh, ratchet back some of the economic um, restrictions we put in place and start balancing economy together with public health, whereas in the past, past few weeks, appropriately so, it's been all public health. And now it's time to say, look, part of this should be economy. Let me ask you this. Uh, what does your piece of legislation uh, or what is its impact uh, or influence on local government? How does the authority and power of local government change with the passage of this legislation? So it's in, that's an interesting question. So it doesn't actually change anything. Um, it does, though, spell out that the governor um, can supersede any local government. Now, that was already the case prior to this bill, but this bill does have that language in there, and that's obviously caused some ire by some local government folks, mm. but that didn't actually change the law. The governor, the, the local governments are all created by the state government, and they're what are called political subdivisions of the state government. And and uh, the governor could have at any time issued an order that would have had statewide impact and effect. Right. 
Uh, sir, I'm grateful to you. Let me ask you this before, before I let you go. We have just a minute left. Uh, how are things going with the, uh, you know, being spread out around the state, using the video conferencing and the technology that you've had developed for you uh, for, to legislate? How's that going? Is that, so being, good, is that effective? The good and bad is I'm in special session right now. So I'm oh. sitting in my office. <laughs> I have a plane in the background. When I, when I first called in, I had to pause for a minute because I had to vote. Because um, we're still doing verbal votes, but it is—it seems to be working okay. It's different than being there in person. You lose a lot of the collegiality and the ability to yeah. talk to people, but uh, it seems to be working okay. How, how are the lobbyists expected to to function? Are they going to stand outside your door and That's have someone run a note part. run a note inside to you? It's, it's <laughs> like they don't even exist anymore. So yeah. it's great. Uh, all righty. Well, listen, I'm grateful to you for your work. I wish you the best of luck in your personal business as well. Uh, hopefully folks, when this is all said and done, show up to your door with uh, bags full of dirty clothes and you can take care of them. Uh, Senator Dan Hemmert, grateful to you for your time. Majority Whip, Republican Senator here in the state of Utah, represents a portion of Utah County. Uh, my guest looking to put together a commission to advise the governor on how we might be able to get ourselves here in Utah back open for business. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation on business with Miles Hansen in the next segment. He, of course, is the president and CEO of World Trade Center Utah. I have a few questions uh, for him, and I'm looking forward to his answers. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.